And we are live. Hi, hello, and welcome to this week's Billy Live Friday, or maybe you're listening to this on the Body I Love You podcast. Either way, we are so excited to have you. My name is Sydney Rovalada. I am the owner of Body I Love You, which is a course that literally teaches you how to love yourself. I am joined today by my friend, Nada, and we are so excited to talk about um, something that literally, this is the thing that has you in my life. W without this topic, mm -hmm. Nada and I would not know each other. Um, so today we're going to be talking about alcohol and sobriety. As many of you know, I stopped drinking alcohol about a year and almost four months ago. Um, that was not at all an easy decision for me to make. Uh, there was just, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that of, of kind of what sparked that decision. And of course, sobriety looks so different for so many people. So I'm always very passionate to bring on other voices to speak to this topic as well, because it's such a personal thing. And, um, and yeah, I just feel excited to talk about it. Nada, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Would you mind just giving like a brief introduction of who you are on the planet? Absolutely. So I am Nada. I'm originally from Egypt. My family's been back and forth since before I was born, but I permanently moved here in 2015 for grad school, which is when I started drinking. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um. I, I'm 31 years old. I'm currently in the fifth year of a PhD program. Um, I'm on a student visa, which I, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but it's a big part of who I am. Um, and yeah, I've been, I've been exploring my relationship with alcohol for years, but I think I've started really taking it seriously and putting in the work for about maybe a year and a half now. Nice, nice, nice. Hold on a second, because I recall you mentioning something yesterday. Is today is today your birthday? Today is my birthday. Oh my God, hot damn. So are you turning 31 today? I'm turning 31 today. Yep. Dude, we are the same age. That is so cool. Happy freaking birthday. Uh, truly, Thank I'm honored to be Thank you. I'm so excited. I, I, I was thinking like, oh man, what a perfect thing to do on my birthday. Like I just, I, I was so excited. So yeah, this 1, is- One thousand percent. I love it. Wait, so you said that you started drinking in grad school. Do you mean like you started drinking in a heavier manner or like you started drinking in grad school? So I had tried alcohol as a teenager. Like I think I drank once when I was about 15 or something. And then another time when I was 19 or 20, but I grew up in Egypt and it, you just don't have, it's not illegal or anything, but you don't have access to it there. And it's also a big cultural no-no for women mm. to drink there. It's a big mm. cultural no-no for women to do a lot of things there. Yeah. So I think part of me drinking heavily once I moved here was because I suddenly had all this freedom and all this access to something that I was, you know, almost untouchable to me previously. Um, but when I moved here when I was 23, and that's when I really started drinking regularly, where it was a weekly occurrence uh, in my life. And before that, it was just, it was just not accessible to me. And it was something that maybe happened once or twice before then. Got it. Okay. Okay. Got it. 
And uh, folks, we want to do the courtesy of, of course, dropping a trigger warning uh, throughout this conversation, specifically the potential mentioning of not, I think we said suicide, mm -hmm. sexual assault, or the, is there anything else? Uh, Self-harm. Self-harm. Got uh, it. Disordered eating. Disordered eating. Um, so those will likely show up in today's conversation. And if and when they do, we are reliable to extend another trigger warning so that if you're not in a space to be listening to that type of content right now, you can just go ahead and fast forward a few minutes and uh, and that, that should be fine. Absolutely. Cool. So again, thank you so much for being here. What a weird, such a confronting thing to talk about, right? Because so often our relationship with alcohol is something that is either normalized or something that we keep hidden due to shame or whatever. And just really putting it out there. Like I, when we hear other people talk about it, it's like, yeah, people talk about sobriety all the time, right? But when you're doing it, holy shit, does it feel like you're airing out your dirty laundry? It's such a vulnerable thing to really introduce people to like the some of the darkest crevices in your brain. That's, that's certainly my experience. Is that, is that your experience too, Nada? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, I've been, I've been struggling with my mental health since, you know, I was maybe 17 or 18. Um, and it really like shit really hit the fan when I started drinking and when you talk about dark places, like I went to dark places, I did things that I was so ashamed that, you know, things that happened years ago that I just recently got the courage to tell someone like my therapist. So um, definitely, I definitely feel that. And it's so, it's such a weird, uh, I guess, viewpoint for me because I went from alcohol being this thing that only some people did and it was normal not to do when it was actually expected for me to not drink right. to in moving here where it was expected for me to drink and it would be abnormal if I was abstaining from it right. so it was such a complete shift for me and I do appreciate having lived both of those perspectives and I'm sure it's helpful for my sobriety um but I also believe part of the reason why I really took on to drinking was because I couldn't do it for so long or it wasn't available for me for so long and I did grow up or I was raised mostly in Egypt but I was heavily influenced by western society I wouldn't really watch Egyptian tv shows I'd be watching you know all the American tv shows that were on tv so you know I was still very influenced by the societal impact that alcohol had or the, the impact that alcohol had on society Definitely. That's such an interesting, important perspective, I think. So obviously, this is Body I Love You. So we're always talking about how these things impact our body. And I'm such a huge advocate in speaking about mental health, because I also grew up uh, with depression, not knowing it was depression. I just thought I was dark and weird and <laughs> different than other people. So we're going to talk about the the effects that this obviously has on the body as well as the brain. So I actually want to talk about both perspectives, one of them being the effects that alcohol has on the body and the brain, as well as kind of switching over to the effects that sobriety has on the, the body and the brain. So Nada, what was your experience? And I'll speak to mine too, but like, what was your experience that alcohol had on your body specifically? I was trying to think about that. I was trying to think, I mean, you know, there's the typical hangover, having less energy, but I think I was fortunate 
that I really started drinking later in my life that I hadn't started experiencing any of the long-term effects that it would have on my body. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that because I'm not really noticing any long-term like physical health effects, uh, on my body. I will. So that I will say though, that drinking definitely fueled my disordered eating. So in that way, it did affect my body and my health where, you know, I would, I would binge drink and I would just eat everything in sight basically because my inhibitions were down. I would sometimes wake up from a blackout, open my fridge and realize like, oh my God, all my food is gone. And uh, then that would lead me to restricting my eating. Yeah for the next whatever number of days or even the next day skipping breakfast skipping lunch blah 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 you quote unquote punishing myself so it definitely did have a a significant effect on my body in that way um I haven't really done any specific exams on like my liver or anything you know I just go to my regular checkups and so far nothing has shown up but I mean I know that my body would have been much better off if I had not put it through that cycle, especially with you know, the, the binge eating and the restricting. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting too, is as I listen to you answer that, I'm like, yeah, I've never done like testing on my liver or anything like that either. Like truly what is the impact that it's had on my body? And it's so interesting. Cause I, I don't think I realized the impact that it had until I cut it out. And it's such a trip still to this day to look back. And I've only been sober for not even a year and a half. And it's a trip to look back on pictures of how the, my face had like a puffiness to it that it no longer has. Like I would retain, I don't know, like water in this interesting way. I also too, definitely, um, I used to identify as a compulsive overeater and that definitely happened when I wasn't drinking, but it definitely showed through. Um, when I was drinking as well, where it would just, yeah, get to a point in the night where I'm just like interested in kind of eating everything in sight. And it's almost, we hear like culturally of like blackouts are God's way of saying, don't worry about it. You know, like yeah. forget it happened, which just is such a fucking terrible perspective on so many levels. So yeah, it, it kind of was like those calories don't count. Yeah aggressive finger quotes and and it was kind of like get it in now and also sometimes there wasn't a thought in my brain it was almost like I became like a legitimate human vacuum just like trying to you know get it all in there and something else that I've noticed because certainly the hangovers I'm somebody who experiences anxiety as well and in so many ways that's something that occurs in the brain but it certainly shows up in my body too where like if I was feeling stressed or anxious I would, I don't know, I grew up in not only society, but in a family that was like, if you're stressed, um, you know, drink to take the edge off. So I remember like after a frustrating trip in traffic, or if I was like annoyed at somebody, or if I was just like feeling stressed or literally just anxiety for no reason, it was so normal to just like reach for a drink or five And in the moment, we think that it like takes the edge off and it certainly has that feeling, but it, it actually prolongs in so many ways. What is it, Nana? Do you know alcohol, those effects stay in the body for roughly like eight days or something like that? Uh, 
I'm not, I'm not sure how long it stays in the body, but I, I was prescribed an abuse and you can't, if you, if you have alcohol in your system and you have, you have an abuse in your system, you get violently sick. And my doctors were just like, if you don't even start taking the medicine until seven days after your last drink. Okay. So got it. And what, what exactly is that medication? It's called an abuse. So what it does is that if you take it and if it's in your system and you drink alcohol, even just a little bit, you know, people have different reactions to it. My reaction was like, I would, my face would get red. My like neck and chest would get red. I would get heart palpitations. I would feel tired. I'd feel nauseous. I would just basically, I would need to go to bed immediately. I've had people explain their experience as they needed to go to the ER or needed to go to urgent care because they felt like they were having a heart attack. Um, and I've heard people also say that it, they just feel like they're hungover. Um, so like, it's a, it's a pretty dangerous drug to drink on, which is like the point. Um, but I, my psychiatrist was telling me like, you wait seven days until your last drink to take the medication. Um, so, I mean, but then I know that the effects of alcohol, I mean, it's, it way more than eight days. Like yeah. you, you got to wait like a month to start seeing change in this and you got to wait like blah, blah weeks. To, I don't remember the statistics, but the, you know, the, the, the stopping drinking, you, you have to wait a long time for the effects to actually completely wear off on your physical health and especially on your mental health. Definitely. Definitely. And I just can't get over the hangovers became something so different. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to like, a headache, my equilibrium feels off, but it's another, I would wake up hating myself. I I would wake up like mortified over truly nothing. Like there's, of course I have examples of things that I have done that I just so much guilt and so much shame around, but so often it was just a simple comment that like nobody cared about or anything along those lines. And I would literally wake up the next day. Like, I can't fucking believe I said that I hating myself for just, and it's, it's a feeling that would linger for hours. And it was just such an exhausting thing. And in my mind, I was like, Oh, this damn anxiety. And you know, I, I'm still an anxious person. I still have anxiety, but certainly not even a little bit to that degree that was another thing too, that I was like, I'm going to stop drinking and my depression's going to go away. Like I was just fully like prepared for that. Like, Oh, it's going to be so sick to not be a depressed person anymore. Like, can't wait. And, uh, yeah, that just was not at all the case. And, um, my depression definitely is still here. Mm-hmm. My anxiety is definitely still here, but I noticed specifically with anxiety, since I stopped drinking, it's, I experience it so differently. I don't experience it nearly as potently And when I do experience it, I don't experience it for as long as I would in the past when I was a human who drank. I definitely noticed that too. Um, Yesterday I was picking up my boyfriend from the airport and I like the Detroit airport and the lanes, they just freak me out. And I always get lost. And then there's like traffic and then the police officers are there and they're telling you to move or to stay. And you're like, but the person I'm picking up isn't here yet. Oh my, it was so anxiety inducing for me. And it still was, but at the same time I had yesterday, I had the ability to be like, this is just an airport and you're in a car and it's fine. And you're, it's, 
it's not a thing that should change your day or whatever. Like it's not a, it's not an experience that you like or anything, but I noticed that other, otherwise I would, that experience would have stayed with me for the rest of the day. And I would have just been like, Oh my God, I went to the airport and the lanes and the officers and the, this and the, that, and then this and that. And I was really just kind of like proud of myself that I was able to just sit there and be like, this is an airport and it's okay. And you're going to leave and you're going to do it. And that's it. And so yeah, <laughs> this is a moment that sucks and it doesn't need to be any more than that. Exactly. So sure. I definitely, I definitely noticed that and waking up, hating myself, I felt that so much. And that feeling would stay with me for days. Yeah. Um, I would withdraw from existing almost like I would stop responding to text messages. I would not answer my phone calls. Like I would just try my best to stop existing. I would sleep all day. Um, and one of my friends noticed and she told me, she was like, when you disappear, I know that you've been drinking <laughs> because mm, that's when, mm. when you, when you disappear and I don't hear from you. And that, cause I really do try to stop existing because that's how much the self hate was inside me. I was just like, I don't want to be anymore. And I don't want to inflict myself on other people as well. So I just withdraw yeah. from completely everything. So I definitely yeah. feel that. Absolutely. And I'm always so intrigued too, to hear because everyone has such a different reason, but like when it comes to that decision to stop drinking, it's such a big decision. And usually it, we make this assumption in our brain that been fucking terrible happens that's alcohol related so then after that you make the decision but it's so, so interesting because what I've learned just be, being in sober groups and talking to other sober people is that it's not even like something monumental happens and that decision comes it's kind of just like one day you just decide one day you just decide that you want more for yourself one day you just decide that like I never want to experience a hangover again one day you just decide that like it and I'm, I'm curious when you made that decision and why you made that decision for yourself. I had medical professionals telling me you're an alcoholic. And I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm depressed. What are you, what are you talking mm. about? So it took me a really long time to come to that realization. A lot of my sobriety came out of desperation because I would just get myself into so much trouble and so much shit that I would scare myself sober. I would be mm. terrified. I would do something or something would happen or I'd put myself in a situation where I would just be like, I am so scared of that ever happening again. So I'm going to abstain from drinking. But it was really when I switched, um, I, I was seeing a therapist that was focused on dialectical behavioral therapy because I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's treat that. Let's do DBT. Um, and I was with her for a couple of years and I really wasn't making any progress. And she finally said, I think you need to see a substance abuse specialist. And when I switched to a substance abuse specialist, that's really when I started to do a lot of the work. And I started to make a lot of the realizations. I, um, this is something that I actually just realized in the past few days. And I was kind of I was so grateful that I made that connection, but at the same time, kind of shocked how long it took me to make that connection. And I think part of it was, I just did not want to admit it to myself, but I've been, I've been struggling with depression since I was like, I don't even know since how long, but I've been on medication and seeing 
therapist and stuff since I was 18. And a lot of that was, I did not like living in Egypt. I felt like I was very lonely over there. I felt like I couldn't fit in. Um, Egypt is a beautiful country and I encourage everyone to go visit, but it's very difficult to live there as a woman. And it's very difficult to live there as a woman who doesn't want to just get married and have children and hmm. that be it, you know? Um, right. and so I thought when I moved here, everything was going to be better and I was going to have the freedom and I was going to make friends and I was going to make connections with like-minded people and this and this and this and that. And what ended up happening is that things got so much worse once I moved here. And I was so confused. I was just like, should I move back to Egypt? Why am I so unhappy here? When I was in Egypt, I mean, I experienced some issues, trigger warning, self-harm with self-harm, but it was never anything that was substantial or anything that anyone, any other person ever noticed even. No one even knew. And then I moved here. And I have landed myself in the psych ward four times. And mm. it was all, all four times were, well, uh, two of the times were self-harm related and two of the times were uh, OD related. Mm. And I was drinking for all of those. Yeah. And I was so confused. I was like, why am I so unhappy here I thought I was supposed to be happy here how like how come I was doing better in Egypt and I realized because I started drinking when I got here that was kind of it I alcohol started being like not I started drinking as in like you know having a drink no it started being a thing in my life when I moved here and like actively I was even living with my dad for the first year and a half out when I moved here and my family is a conservative Muslim family so they don't drink it would be very disrespectful for me to drink around them I would hide alcohol in my room and drink after they went to bed and like just for for no reason other than just to get drunk you know oh it's it's been a few days since I've gotten drunk I should get drunk you know so I didn't make that realization until recently like my my mental health really deteriorated not because I was in a different place or you know this country is better than this country or blah no it was just because I was fueling I was fueling it with alcohol and it was I mean I guess it I don't I just don't know why I never made that connection probably subconsciously didn't want to make that connection but I was, I'm so relieved because I was, I was scared for a long time. Like, am I going to be unhappy for the rest of my life? You know, like I moved to a whole different country. I'm pursuing my career. I'm trying to achieve all my goals and chasing my dreams. And I'm still so unhappy. So I'm also relieved that I figured it out. And like you said, like my depression is not going anywhere. I still experience anxiety, but it's manageable. And I am learning how to become a person who is able to deal with that. And I'm learning how to understand myself rather than just like, la, 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 <laughs> you know, like, totally. The- <laughs> so, um, so that was, that was a, a, a big realization for me. And again, I'm, I'm lucky because in a sense, I did get to live a portion of my adult life, not drinking before I started. So I do have something to compare it to. Whereas 
it's very common that people start experiencing, you know, alcohol being a part of the life at a very young age, even before you're an adult. So, you know, I was also lucky in that sense when I, where I did have something to compare it to. And I do have this like before and after that can really help me make that decision of like, yes, I want to stay sober and here's the proof. Definitely. Definitely. I really appreciate the difference in our stories and how we're able to like come here and relate to so much because I started drinking. I think the first time I got drunk, I was in eighth grade or like freshman year or something like that. And the first time I got drunk, I blacked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Just like little cheeky sip here. No, like I, it was pink champagne. I threw up all over myself. Don't even remember it. Like I, it was, uh, yeah, I, I blacked out hard and I kept drinking just socially. I, I was never somebody who like drank every day. Um, I, I definitely had instances of this, but it wasn't the norm for me to just get drunk by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it happened, but it wasn't just like a, that wasn't a normal thing for me. I actually had two therapists and a life coach tell me that in their professional opinion, I wasn't an alcoholic. So mm-hmm. I think for years, and I don't say that in like a, I'm, I'm mad at those people. I wasn't. And actually during the time that I heard that, it was actually important for me to, to hear that in a, in a weird way, because it was like, I, I thought I was like this sneaky thing. And they were like, Hey, so you're not. And it sounds like you have this relationship with alcohol that you can switch it up if, if that's what you want to do. So I'm not at all bagging on, on those therapists or that coach. Um, it was valuable at the time, but there was definitely something in my brain that kind of took that as permission of like, okay, so it's not that bad. It's not bad enough that I have to like stop drinking. What a radical idea. And I just, I so resonate with people. I remember I would, I used to listen to people talk about sobriety and the first thought in my brain is like, cool for them. I could never, I could never because alcohol is everywhere in my life. It's my, my family drinks, my friends drink my networking circle drinks, like it, it, there, it just, it's everywhere. It's when we're celebrating, it's when we're mourning, it's when we're bored, it's when we're doing activities. Like it just was everywhere in my life. So to make the decision to stop drinking felt so radical. And if I didn't have the, the quote unquote issue of like actually being an alcoholic, then certainly I don't need to make that decision. Like what a huge what a huge decision to make. Is it really worth all that effort? And I noticed for me, it was, it got to the point that I was, I was, I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking like, what was I waiting for when I was drinking? And I think I was waiting for a couple of things. The first one was, I used to have this thought, I ran through my brain a lot of like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day that I'm pregnant because then I will literally not be able to drink for nine months. And hopefully after that, I'll just like, keep it going. Mm-hmm. So I was like waiting for this excuse as to like, Hey, I literally can't drink. Like I would be abusing, you know, something inside of me if that were to happen, which is just such an interesting thought to put on last week. I've actually heard a couple other people say that as well of like, I'm looking forward to pregnancy because it will force me to not drink. Mm-hmm. And another thought that went through my head and just trigger warning, I'm very quickly going to mention sexual abuse, but years ago, uh, in a blackout, I was sexually abused and I continued to drink for years after that. And 
in my brain, there was something in me that I was almost on a subconscious level waiting for something terrible to happen to me. And in my brain, that was kind of like, if I like wake up in the hospital, that'll be my wake up call. Or if I like get a DUI, that'll be my wake up call. But like, how many people have I spoken to that they woken up in the hospital more times than they can count? Or like they, they have a number of DUIs. And then it was just kind of this, I remember I was walking my dog one day and I was thinking, I was like, I was already abused. Like, what am I waiting for? Like something terrible did happen to me. Like what actually needs to happen to me next for this to like really sink in? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I definitely get that because there's such an emphasis on like rock bottom and like rock bottom. And the thing about rock bottom is like, there's, it could, it couldn't get as rocky and as bottomy as you want it to get. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a kind of like a KPI or key point indicator. You're measuring something and like the lowest point, you can always go lower. And I remember thinking that I remember going to AA meetings and saying, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I feel like I'm waiting for something to happen that will terrify me for the rest of my life and just keep me away from drinking. And that's, not like I don't in my opinion that's not a healthy way to approach it because I don't want to be scared for the rest of my life and I don't want to be like scared sober for the rest of my life I want to be happy sober I want to happily say no this is not something that I want so I completely get that where I felt like I was just waiting for something so terrible to happen that I just would not ever get over and that's such a sad way to live to just live guilt for the rest of my life and have that guilt fuel my sobriety so I definitely I definitely completely get that and you know a lot I I woke up in the hospital multiple times I was in a car accident I wasn't driving I was the passenger but the driver was drinking and I was in a car accident the car rolled over multiple times the next day I yeah, I, I was, com- no, nothing, I was not harmed, no, neither of us were harmed, no person was harmed, but, like, the, the, I, the location, I passed by it, like, a day later, and, like, there were pieces of the car in that location, and the car was totaled, and believe it or not, like, I got into that car accident, the police dropped me off at my friend's house, in middle of the night, and then we woke up in the morning and went and got drunk at brunch, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and I have photos of where my face looks puffy and I just look like, yeah. and it's just like, what was I waiting for? Like, I don't know what I was waiting for. Like I've eat this past year, especially, I feel like the type of trouble that I've been getting into has been getting more and more permanent and more and more difficult to get over. Um, because it's, it wasn't just me getting into a situation that's bad. It was me doing things that could potentially ruin my future. Mm. <laughs> that was very, very scary to me, but it still wasn't enough. I wish I knew at what point it was, you know, uh, the decision was made. And I wish I knew like, oh, well, I did this. And then I realized that. And then I, I really, really don't. Um, I think it's just it's just a growth journey. You know, you're learning about yourself. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you understand your needs, the more you understand your needs, the more, I guess, passionate and strongly you feel about fulfilling them. And I just, 
and more understanding more and more that in order for me to live the life that I want and to achieve my goals and to be happy and to be fulfilled, I need to stay away from this thing that is stopping me from going after my life and being happy. And I like, I like, I'm a smoker cigarettes and I like to compare smoking to alcohol a lot because, Mm -hmm. um, smoking is like frowned upon and icky, yucky, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, why aren't we like, I don't think cigarettes are wonderful. I'm not, you know, but why don't we see alcohol the same way? Like it's just as unhealthy. It's just, it's just as bad for you. And if anything, like me, I'm never going to punch someone in the face because I smoke too many cigarettes. (laughs) Definitely punch someone in the face because I've drank too many drinks. You know what I mean? One thousand percent. I'm wondering, and you know, I, I sent an email to Hulu once and I was like, could you stop advertising alcohol to me? Like, could you not like this? Like, could you just like, why are alcohol advertisements still legal? Which, you know, it's just, it's so unhealthy for you. And I don't think that alcohol should be restricted or people shouldn't be able to get it or blah, 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 but let's treat them like cigarettes. Let's not advertise them. Let's put a warning. Let's like, you know, make it known that like, oh, this thing is bad for you. It is this thing will ruin your fucking life. Big time. 100%. And, you know, and not just in a, not just in a, like, oh, I got drunk and I did a stupid thing. And that stupid thing is ruining my life. But also like your self growth is stunted when you're drinking so much, so much progress that you could be doing just doesn't happen. Your physical health, your mental health. I think the biggest part of quitting alcohol for me was definitely my mental health. Um, I've been going to therapy for years and I have been taking my mental health seriously for years, but I really have only started to see significant measurable progress when I started to seriously take my, like take my sobriety seriously, where Mm, I was. That's huge. I haven't been, I've been sober right now. It's been eight days since my last drink. So I have, I don't have, Fuck, a yeah. streak. I know I don't, I don't have like a long streak, but at the same time, it's like looking back at my calendar, like, Oh, I drank three times this whole year, which yeah. is such an improvement for me. And, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's been such a game changer for my mental health. And I don't know why I didn't believe when people were telling me like, oh, alcohol is depressant. Alcohol will do this. And I just don't know why I just didn't want to believe anybody. 100%. And I I love that you, you brought that in terms of like, it has been eight days since my last drink. And so many people so often attach the only before whatever number they're about to say. And the fact of the matter is, is that one day is fucking huge. Like under that guise of like, I'm going to stop drinking. And I have talked to so few people in my sober journey that like the first time they decided to stop drinking alcohol was just like the time that did it for the rest of their lives. No, nor do I talk to a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'll definitely 100% never have a drink ever again in my life because it is such a finite decision to make. And it's fine to make that decision. And I remember one time this was years ago, but I had gotten really drunk. This is classic me historically of like just getting wasted at like Easter or like fucking Father's Day like just blacking out on a Father's Day like it just shit where I'm just like who is this for like what am I, nobody else is drinking like like what is what is this 
And I got really, really drunk on an Easter. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to not drink for a month. And I remember, I remember saying that to my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. And his reaction was like, okay, we'll we'll see about that. And I was so offended that that was his response. I was like, are you kidding me? I, of course I can do that. It's one month. And then right smack dab in the middle of that month, I drove down to Mexico with my mom to hang out with some friends and we're going to go get some lobster and stuff. And it literally was the decision of like, I can't not have a margarita while I'm here. That's insane. And so literally I blasted the, yeah, like 14 days. And, and on that day, I, and it wasn't, it never is just one margarita. It literally resulted in me puking every color of the rainbow into the toilet the next day. Cause I got so fucking wasted and I'm like chain smoking cigarettes. I'm not a smoker, uh, unless I drink, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it yeah. So, so that was one thing where I was like, I, I was so offended by this idea that anyone on the planet thought that I couldn't last a month. And then I literally didn't. And after that, I think it was just like that, that was actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I don't think I want to like fuck with that for a while. And so I continued to drink. And then the thing that did it for me, I think the thing that really solidified that I had an issue because the next step in like reevaluating your relationship and everybody's so different. Everyone's so different, but so many people go through that moderation step of like, I'm just going to mess with moderation and see what that does. And I'm only going to drink on the weekends, no Mm -hmm. more than two drinks. I've heard it all. I've said it all. Mm -hmm. And I, I actively would work with um, my therapist and with myself around just like how to hold myself accountable to moderation. And it, it literally got to the point that I'm jumping through like, aggressive hoops. It was actually a fucking lot of work to deal with moderation. So much more work than like, than just stopping drinking overall. And I remember I was going to Mexico again on a vacation and I promised myself, I promised my therapist. Um, I, I declared this to my husband. I declared this to my mom of like, okay, so we're going to be on this trip for, I think it was like four days. I'm not going to get drunk on this trip. I'll drink but I'm not going to get drunk. Certainly, certainly no blackouts. Cause that was my issue. I was a, I was a social binge drinker with a blackout problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I put together all these, not a, like so many, I'm a life coach, right? Like accountability structures are just absolutely scattered throughout my entire life. And I, I did all these things. I literally, and a lot of them worked too, to be totally honest. I remember I, I wore this, um, this big obnoxious ring on my hand the entire time. And anytime I noticed the ring or anytime the ring was like creating discomfort for me or whatever, I attached that discomfort to an indicator of, okay, it's time to drink water or it's time to check in with myself. And that, that shit fucking worked crazy. Like I, I, I literally was like drinking water and being responsible, uh, quote unquote, and just like, and doing, doing all the things. And for like 90% of the trip that totally worked. And then there was one trigger. A trigger for me is karaoke. I have convinced myself that in order to be brave enough to do karaoke, I have to be wasted. That's just like the story that I've told myself for my entire life. So there's a karaoke night at the hotel that we're staying at. And everyone's like, Sydney, go do it. I'm like, oh God, I do a mean Britney Spears impression, but I have to be wasted to do it. So next thing I know, everyone's just like bringing me drinks. And by the way, your brain sober is very, 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 very different than your brain to, to even two drinks in. Mm -hmm. So like 
sober, it'd be like, oh no, karaoke's happening. I'm definitely not drinking. But two drinks in, it's like, okay, it's fine. Like I like you don't even realize how much you're drinking. So I got wasted that night. I there were portions of that night that I blacked out. Nothing crazy happened. I mean, certainly, yeah. I say nothing crazy happened. And then I have like short, just little bursts of memories of me, like crying in the shower over past trauma. And like, I'm pretty sure I got in a fight with my mom and just like all this shit, whatever. And I woke up the next morning, so scared and disappointed in myself. And just like, honestly, more than anything, I was like freaked out. I was like, freaked the fuck out. Because I think in that moment, you spoke to like, not necessarily having these moments where you're like realizing all these things. And I, I really resonate with that. And there, there was this moment for me where I, I woke up the next day and I think it was just like, I don't, this is not something I have control over. If I had control over this last night wouldn't have happened. I, I, I had two therapy sessions in preparation for this. I talked about this so much that I wasn't going to get drunk on this trip. And I fucking got wasted on this trip. And it was just, it, it really freaked me out. And it was just kind of like, okay, this is something I do not have control over. And I just got so over, this is how I speak to blackouts. It's like my body is walking around the planet without my brain attached. Yeah. And thinking about the world's a terrible place. The world's a beautiful place in so many ways, but the world's a fucking terrible place. Fucked up shit happens all the fucking time. There are terrible people literally right next to us constantly for me to continually make the decision for my body to walk around this earth without my brain attached is so fucking dangerous. I can't even like accurately put words to it. And I think it just got to that point that it's like, okay, so I actually am unwilling to black out ever again. What a scary, dangerous thing. I've put myself in insane situations because of alcohol. And it's just something I'm no longer willing to do. And, and that, that was a huge wake up call for me, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I, you know, the more I drank, the easier it got for me to black out. And it got to yeah. the point where like, I, I couldn't even not black out. Like there was no, I'm drunk, but not, no, it was just buzzed to black out mm. immediately. And, um, for me, I did try moderating and I was at one point with one of my therapists, I was talking, oh, I'll only drink five drinks if I'm drinking. I'll only drink yeah. six drinks when I'm drinking. And that never worked for me because as soon as I started feeling drunk or started feeling buzzed, my whole life goal was to not sober up. I would just be terrified of getting sober. I would be terrified of sobering of like, no, I don't want to go back to reality. I don't want to go back to being me. I want to be this like, you know, in space, not me kind of like, again, la, 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 la. Yeah. And that was just very like, I'm just aggressively trying to run away from my life and I'm aggressively trying to run away from myself and it's easier for me right now to stay sober and, and it's easier for me right now to, if I drink, not black out, like I'm able to thankfully now stop myself from blacking out. And the last couple of times that I gave into my cravings or gave into my emotions and I bought some liquor, I had a couple of drinks and then I 
poured the rest out while I was drunk, which is insane for me to think about because my, my the whole purpose of my life is to continue to be drunk once I'm drunk. Um, yeah. and so I'm able to, I've, I was able to reach that point because I finally sat down and I was like, why do I, why do I want to run away from myself and my life so much? And what can I do to not be so scared of like raw dogging reality basically <laughs> like that was I was just terrified like how what can I do to just take that fear away and that's when I finally started to like see progress in terms of me being able to stay sober me being able to keep myself from getting too drunk if I slip up um but yeah I definitely definitely resonate with that and it's it's just insane. I've talked to, you know, I've, I'm very honest about my issues with alcohol, with all my friends, regardless of whether or not they are sober or sober curious. And so many people will confide in me like, oh yeah, like this one time I got drunk. And then, you know, I, I looked at my phone the next day and then there was like a picture of like my shoes or my feet or like a picture of like a chair and I don't remember taking that picture and they would be like that's so scary that I took a picture and I have no idea how that picture got on my phone like that's so scary and I was like yeah it really is scary and we're yeah. we all experience it and you know you were talking about how like it was it was, you know, once you drank, it was never, it was never enough. Or like, once you drink, yeah. it's like, that's normal. Cause alcohol is an addictive drug. It's like your body is just being a human body by having yeah. that reaction. And I am one of those people that takes a little, not offense, but I have feelings about the term alcoholic because it's just like, but it is, I, there's nothing wrong with me that I that I'm processing this poison in a weird way my body's just processing this addictive substance in the way a human body does right um, and I'm just so passionate about like yelling that off the rooftops at any chance that I get because like it's an addictive substance and it's, yeah. addictive, and it's bad for you like I'm not <laughs> weird for like processing this poison and totally and like a you know having reactions to this poison or whatever right so, yeah. I'm not the weird one for not romanticizing poison <laughs> and it's so like I've I had that thought so often of like ah hangovers and like oh your body doesn't like poison like of course like this is your body responding to poison like that's literally what it is and I used to be so hesitant to that just like ideology because it was like it can't be poison look at all the people in the commercials they're all so chic and having such a good time like this this isn't poison but it just if that's not even like me being a hater on alcohol that's that's it's such a scientific perspective when it comes to the impact that alcohol has on your body you're not going to get the the scientific realm on my podcast there are certainly so many other podcasts that speak to the the science that that alcohol has on your body. And it's, yeah, I, it's so interesting because one of the things, again, that I was so scared of is like the impact that it's going to have on my life and on the people in my life. And I remember, I don't know about you, Nada, but after that second Mexico trip, when I just realized that it's not something that I had control over, it was, I, 
I had a Modelo at the airport on the way home. And I, I literally remember like looking at it while I was drinking it and thinking like, this might be my last drink. And I just remember like it being such a surreal experience. Like this might be my last drink of alcohol. Like I, I'm going to just stop drinking tomorrow and I'm just going to see how it goes. And I remember saying forever again is such a scary thing. That's it's, it can be so hard to commit to. So I remember telling myself like, I'll, I'll give it a year. I'll give it one year, which even that, I remember I had a friend who gave up alcohol for a year before that. I was like, that's insane. That's psycho shit. That's such a long time. Like who can even do that? Like, that's insane. So even to commit to a year was such a huge deal for me. Mm-hmm. And again, not, I don't know about you, but every day for at least two weeks, I cried about it. I, I literally had to, and I still do mourn mm-hmm. a life with alcohol, my relationship with alcohol, that feeling of like when you get to a barbecue and you're so excited to like crack open that first drink because of the way that it like settles you in. Like I'm still mourning that sensation. And I, I literally cried about it every single day for two weeks. Cause it felt like such a huge fucking deal. And, um, I apparently love a good challenge. Cause I decided to get sober right before the holidays, <laughs> which is like fucking insane. Um, but yeah, I, so I had to like actively tell my friends and family what was going on. Cause I didn't want to get the, Oh my God, are you pregnant conversation? I just like, mm-hmm. absolutely miss me with that. Please don't ask me that. So I, I had to, you know, tell everyone and, and again, so many people were like, Hey, seriously, if you're pregnant, you can tell me. And I'm like, no, I, I have a drinking problem. This is, this is real. And that this isn't a cute facade that I'm putting on for three months. And then I'm going to like open up about it. Like it, I have a problem with alcohol. And I think like for the first time I'm being honest with myself about that. And I could definitely sense with certain people in my life, there was this level of like discomfort. And what's interesting is that I now realize that discomfort has very little if if anything to do with me and it's because we are not I'm sure this is your experience too but like we're we're a mirror to so many people of like when I'm working on my relationship with alcohol and then I go to an an event where there's alcohol involved it usually inevitably gets brought up that I no longer drink and then that becomes I notice I'm in frequent conversation with people who are essentially justifying their relationship with alcohol to me Mm -hmm. and I'm just like this is weird. This is a weird conversation to have. This is a weird conversation for me to be in because I'm not saying that you have a drinking problem, but all the excuses that you're telling me right now are excuses I used to tell myself and I have a drinking problem. So do you hear that? It's weird that we're in a conversation that you're like, Hey, super sucks that you can't drink, but here are all the reasons why I can still drink. And it's, that's, that's honestly been one of the most frustrating pieces for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just, you, people are constantly looking for this, like, but I'm not you, right? Totally. Like, I'm not you, right? Like that you're, they're using you as some form of like validation. And yes. at the same time, like when I was still drinking and, you know, I'd be going to an event or something, or I'd be hanging out with my friends and my friends would say like, no, I don't want it. I would feel like, same, like weird and bad. And like, Ooh. so like, I totally get that. I totally same. get that feeling. But yeah, it's just, it's just insane because I feel I'm just like, it's a, it's definitely a drug, you know, like it's definitely there's, 
I'm almost like you, there's I don't know like does everybody who does heroin almost everyone who does heroin probably has a heroin problem so right. I'm just like I think I'll, you know, the, the defining the word problem in general, like I think there are so many people that do have a quote unquote problem, depending on how you define it, but it just hasn't reached that like cinematic level of like, I'm fucking up my life and I'm going to get fired and blah, 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 blah for them to like sit down and be like, oh, maybe this is something that I should remove from my life. But I really do think that alcohol introduces problems to almost anyone who who drinks but you know various levels in various different ways and um you know it's just it's kind of interesting for me to sit down and think about how this is such a you know a, a, it's like a highly recommended drug basically yeah. um and again like i'm not i'm not trying to say like no one should drink blah 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 it's like I'm a smoker and I would hate it if people were like, oh, smoking is illegal. Like, you know what? Let me do whatever I want to my body. Okay. 100%. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that. And speaking of, of karaoke, I would also, I, no way I'm doing karaoke sober. Um, and I, I did though, eventually, but it was, I saw okay. the video of you and I was like, fuck yes, this girl gets it. My heart girl. was like, Oh, like I felt like, Oh my God, it was such a rush. Um, but I remember one time I went out to karaoke and I drank a bunch and I was singing my little heart out and I was just like, mm, that sounds so good. And then my friend took a video and then I'm watching the video the next day and I'm just like, thank God everyone in the room was drunk. <laughs> like, this is terrible. <laughs> 100%. I literally got up in karaoke one time to do a duet with my husband. And I was so drunk that I was just standing there with a microphone, essentially like almost passing out, standing up to the point that the like karaoke host like grabbed the microphone. She was like, okay, this girl's not going to oh do gosh. it. And like people retell that story as though like, isn't that such a funny memory? And like, you're describing someone with a serious problem. Like I 0% think that that's funny. Like it's, it's, and when I see it in other people now too, and people are like, oh my God, they're so wasted. That's hilarious. I'm like, we're watching someone with a serious problem who's poisoned themselves and they're like, we're watching someone who's poisoned. Like, I don't, I don't understand what about this is, is funny. 100%. Yeah. It's interesting. And to your point, I actually don't resonate with being an alcoholic. That term, that term actually just doesn't, it still doesn't resonate with me. I, I don't consider myself one. And I think that it brings me to one of the final points that I want to bring today, which is your recovery journey or even recovery that that felt like not my language just now. Your journey in recreating a relationship with alcohol is such a personal decision and it has to look like such a specific thing so my older brother is uh sober as well he does consider himself an alcoholic and last I checked at least he um he was going to Alcoholics Anonymous and there are so many people on the planet who have it in their brains that sobriety looks like one thing and if you're not doing this one thing you're doing it wrong and that looks like you admitting to yourself and to everyone else in your life that you're an alcoholic and you're going to AA and you're doing the 12 steps and all that stuff i've never attended a 12-step program through the lens of uh alcohol i did attend a 12-step program through the lens of being a compulsive overeater and i just very quickly that that room was so supportive and cool for me until it wasn't and I knew going into my sober journey that that wasn't going to be 
the thing that I wanted to do. And so Nada and I know each other from a sober group where we, it just, it's, it's uh, women specific, which is actually a very important uh, piece of it for me, for sure. Um, But it's, there's no judgment and it's all just like beautiful women who just like fucking get you and understand you in this really cool way. There's no expectation. There's no, like you have to walk away with homework or to like do this thing or whatever. It's totally confidential. Everything said there stays there. And it's just really this beautiful space for us to, on a weekly basis, we meet twice a week. Um, there's no expectation to go. There's no, like, it's, there's, there's so much flexibility and spaciousness, but it's just like to check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, without community, this would, I would be drinking again, like again, with my relationship with alcohol and with everyone's perception of my relationship with alcohol, if I decided tomorrow to start drinking again, there are very few people in my life who would be like concerned or would be like, Sydney's relapsing. Oh my God. Like it would be like, yeah, she tested it out for a year and now she's drinking. Cause of course, like I, if, if I wanted to start drinking again, I fully could. And without this community of women being a mirror for me, in that it's to your point earlier, not of like, I don't, I don't want to live this world where I'm scared of myself or where I'm like making these decisions or I don't know, there's just, there was so much uncertainty and honestly so much fucking brain power of moderation and jumping through hoops. And just, I didn't realize until after I stopped drinking all the mental fucking preparation in my brain that I would have to do before a day or an evening of drinking there's just, it, there's so much. And, and the, the mirror that these women are able to hold up for me is that I actually deserve better. I actually deserve more. Um, I actually deserve to like show up for myself. And I am a different version of myself when I'm not drinking a version of myself that I like way fucking more than whoever that bitch is. And I, without community, I, I truly in this, I think community is uh, non-negotiable personally. For me. I completely agree. I tried women's AA groups and just because they were, they worked for me until they didn't. And I think it's yeah. because AA is so focused on just abstaining from drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. While the kind of the, the messages that I get or the feeling that I get from the support group is just recovery and healing. Mm-hmm you're focused on recovering, you're focused on healing. I like to word it in a way that like my goal in my life, it's not my goal to stop drinking or cut alcohol out of my life. My goal is to live my best life and to achieve the things, my, my dreams and, and whatever. And take the like, cutting out drinking is an essential step to that yeah. goal, but the not drinking is not my goal. And I think just the emphasis on recovery and the emphasis on healing in general is really what did it for me and what is helping me because I, you know, it's a, it's a substance and it's a component and it's a variable that, you know, it takes place in my life, but it's not the thing. It's not the thing. I'm focusing on the thing it's it's important I don't know I'm, I'm rambling right now but anyway no like, I'm with you taking, yeah taking taking alcohol out of the equation was so important for me to focus on the thing which was just me becoming 
myself essentially um because I, I also noticed that in so many ways I was trying to change myself or hide myself or be less this more that da, 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 da. and it is just now occurring to me like what would happen if I just fully became myself just became who I want to be and who I am and you know in a in a healthy helpful way like what would happen if I just did that and I was talking to my therapist uh and she was telling me like you're nurturing your inner child which is great wow. you know and yeah. it's yeah so yeah I completely agree with everything that you said and community I definitely could not have done it without community and this group has also shown me how amazing friendships and connections can be when yes. they're based on authenticity yeah and not just like having a good time or drinking not that there's anything quote unquote wrong with that but it's definitely so different and so much more valuable I could not agree with you more. Yeah, it's, and what a cool space. I, I hear women bring to the call all the time of like, God, I just think about the person that I used to be and I just, I cringe. And, and I have so many moments like that of just, I'll just be living, living my life and just a memory from six years ago pops up and I'm just like, oh, sick, absolutely. Like yeah. just so mortified. And something that's so cool about this group that we're always reflecting of like, I only know this version of you and she's fucking dope as hell so like it that's what a cool clean slate to like be reflected of who you truly are I am not defined by moments and decisions that I made or decisions that I didn't make when I was under the influence of a legitimate poison in my body I I am who I am now I'm defined by what I do after that I'm defined by uh, truly showing up for myself and, and to your point, being the most authentic version of myself that I could possibly be. Yeah. And it and just feels I, so good. I, I like, whenever I look back and cringe on the things that I did, I like to remind myself that, you know what, the only way out of hell is through and I was going through it. So Definitely. I did Definitely. what I did and I was doing what I needed to do to get where I am right now. And that is okay. And whoever I was like, she's still valuable. I am valuable. Yes. We're all out. And it's just like only way out of hell is through. And I was simply going through it. Yes. And I was doing the best I could with what I had. I couldn't have made this decision before I was uh, quote unquote ready to, you know what I mean? Experimenting is so important, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made this decision five years ago. I I made this decision when I was supposed to. So again, I think community is so important. And if, if any ladies are listening to this and you are even just curious about sobriety, the support group that we are in um, is for sober and sober curious women who are really just wanting to explore their relationship to alcohol so if you're even just a little bit interested in what that could look like for you, there's no strings attached. You don't even have to turn your camera on if you don't want to. You don't have to say shit. You don't have to, you literally can just come and kind of listen in. So if anyone's interested in that information, I'm happy to pass that along. They also have a Instagram account. Is it not a, do you know what it's called? Is it booze free females? I think it's booze free females. I can check real quick if there are any underscores or anything, but I think Perfect. it's just booze free females. It used to be called Sober Sisters, um, and then we made a bit of a change, so now we call it BFF. 
booze-free females. Yeah, it's booze-free females, just one, no no underscores, no nothing, just cool. Yeah, they they post a lot of the deets uh, there. So go ahead and, and give them a follow. There's everyone's journey is so unique and yours will be too. And so I, I hope that um, this at the very least just made people kind of go inside themselves and give themselves tremendous grace and just getting curious about the why behind drinking. You know what I mean? I used to live in a world where I wasn't fun unless I drank. Untrue. I've debunked the shit out of that theory. Um, so it's it's just a great place to to get curious at the very bare minimum about your relationship with alcohol. Definitely many, many parts of my life and many, many parts of my recovery and personal growth have been extremely enhanced by this group. So it's not just about the, the booze part. Like it's just there's so there's so much goodness. Likewise, likewise, 100 percent. Nada, thank you so much for joining us today and happy birthday to you. What an honor to get to spend this special day with you. I am so happy. Could not think of a better way to celebrate my birthday. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun and this was just all in all really amazing. It's my absolute pleasure. Literally anytime. If you ever want to come back on, this is such an ongoing conversation. There's, there's always new stuff to talk about. So we'd love to have you. Absolutely. I would definitely love to. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. We appreciate it. We will catch you next week. Bye.